0: Det ska ni vara till podcasten Stadens fjärde vykort från våran resa genom Nordamerika. Den här gången från Los Angeles. Skid Row ligger i downtown Los Angeles och har varit en plats dit hemlösa. Har sökt sig sedan 1860-talet när järnvägen drogs till staden. På Skid Row finns en verksamhet som heter School on Wheels- Vi träffade Matt Rabb på School of Wheels för att prata om det de gör. School of Wheels bildades 1993 av Agnes Stevensen före detta nunna och lärare som startade den här organisationen som hjälper till att undervisa barn som är hemlösa. School Wheels rör sig runt omkring i staden och följer barnen där de för tillfället råkar befinna sig. De ser utbildningen som ett sätt att bryta hemlöshetens onda cykel. De gör det med hjälp av volontärer. De har 900 aktiva volontärer och uppemot 1800 under ett helt år. En del jobbar en timme i veckan, en del fem dagar och tre timmar varje dag. Det är helt olika. De flesta av sina... Hemlösa barn hittar de på Union Rescue Mission, det stora familjeherberget på Skid Row. Matt Rabb tog oss på en vandring genom den infrastruktur som utgör den här communityn. Av hemlösa, av tillfälligt boende men också av permanent boende i de flera hus och bostäder som har uppförts i och kring Skid Row. En plats som många kallar sitt hem. Podcasten Staden är ett samarbete mellan Sveriges arkitekter och Tidskriften Arkitektur och under den här resan har vi särskilt stöd och hjälp ifrån Akademikernas A-kassa. Det är vi såklart väldigt glada för. Gå in på Akademikernas A-kassa och skaffa en arbetslöshetsförsäkring om du är akademiker. Men nu Skid Row, Matt Rab, School on Wheels den 16 juni 2015.
1: The reason it's School on Wheels is because our volunteers go to where the kids are. So they're on their own wheels and and they go to the children. And that's really, there are other organizations now that do work with homeless children, but we're the only organization whose tutors go to wherever they are and continue to go to wherever they are as they move around. And I think if you asked Agnes that, I know if you asked Agnes that, she would say that that name just she was filling out the paperwork and that just kind of came to her that mm-hmm. was pretty much the first thing and she wrote it down and it became <laughs> it became the name of the organization mm-hmm. yeah but we I mean, obviously we get that all the time where's our bus that we take around to get okay. <laughs> tutor the kids yeah. well we don't have one never did
2: no you're like the uber of of,
3: of homeless children there you go <laughs> yeah there, you, that's you go around and yeah <laughs> that's a good way to put it <laughs> Uh, do you have, um, even though you, you I mean you, you look up the your students and I mean you. You have this on wheel um, strategy for learning and the contact with the students. Do you feel that you have made any difference or some difference, uh, for this, for this block for Skid Row of just being here, or could you actually be anywhere in, the, in town? and be located anywhere and it still would like function the same way as it does now
1: no I feel like we have to be here I mean this is and to answer your first question mm. yeah I absolutely think we made a difference in this community mm. when Agnes started it the so initially when families they started to become homeless we started to see homeless families shelters didn't even enroll the kids in school. The sole focus was on housing, so getting them housing. So when Agnes started down here, they weren't even enrolling the students in school, which is obviously a problem if they're homeless for a year and they're not in school for a year, they're going to be behind Mm -hmm. and have a lot of trouble catching up. So that was her main focus at first. It was supposed to just be an office where she could give out backpacks and school supplies and enroll the kids in school. And that's what it was until the kids started showing up after school needing help with their homework and knocking on the window. And so she started letting them in. Um, so that was the first most important thing that, that we did down here was we made sure that the kids were going to school. Um, and then when it became a learning center, we were making sure they had a safe place to go after school where they could get help with their homework. Um and now our partners, our partnership with the Union Rescue Mission is stronger than ever. So, I think what we're what we're doing. I guess it's hard to say. I mean, the effect isn't as much on the community than, I mean, it's on the kids in the community, obviously. Right. It's interesting how many people know School on Wheels. I mean, you heard a couple of guys sure. just yell out, "School!" Mm-hmm. They just noticed my hair and so they remember me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> But they're very supportive and they see us walking the kids through through uh, Skid Row and they, yeah, they're very supportive of us. I just think in addition to just helping the students, I think maybe we've had like a positive mm. effect on people on the street just knowing that we're out there trying to help the kids and in their community. See, see.
2: Yeah. One, one thing that we heard before coming here was that Officially, they're not supposed to be kids on Skid Row, uh, but they
1: obviously are, Yeah. right? So what's the? Since I so I've been here for almost 11 years, and since I started, they were talking about getting kids out of Skid Row, and they actually there are a lot fewer than there used to be. There, when I take you on the walk, I'll show you some of some of these things. But there used to be a lot of. Hotels, what they called uh, welfare hotels down here, where families would stay um, for 28... They called it the 28-day shuffle. They would stay in the room for 28 days, and they would have to switch rooms or move out because if they stay longer than that, they get renter's rights. Mm-hmm. So the owners of the hotels would have them move out every 28 days. Um, and so there were a bunch of those. And in those hotels, the conditions were terrible. They're not like the shelter where there's services, there's case management, there's health care. It's just you're in a hotel (laughs) and there's prostitution, there's meth labs, there's so that those were terrible. And they actually did I mean, it's funny with everything I'm saying, there it's it's all it exists in this gray area because it's good that they got those families out of Skid Row and out of those conditions. But it also and this kind of goes back to your question the reason that families end up down here is because they have everything they need within a square mile all the services down here they like I said they have health care they have three meals a day they have case management they have laundry just those things you don't even think about when they do move elsewhere now transportation's an issue and they need to get transportation to get to their case manager to get to the different programs that they they need to get out of homelessness. So I think that's why families continue that when they first end up homeless end up down here just because there's an,
2: there's an infrastructure that's
1: connected to the homelessness that's been created here over the years yeah mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> convenient I mm-hmm. mean it's a, obviously the conditions aren't good it's not a good place for a child to be but at least they have everything they need down mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. so I think that's why they're still mm-hmm. saying that they're still trying to get families out of here but it's just
3: sounds like a like a, like a vicious circle yeah. like very diffi- difficult to change Um uh, if, yeah. because you have to sort of take you have to be you have to well being in a very exposed position you have to sort of take all the institutions you need with you more or mm-hmm. less or just reestablish them somewhere else at the same time as you are moving out of here sounds yeah. like a very tough task to to pull off so to speak if you, if you have those kind of problems that people have on Skid row it is yeah the, but those, those programs do
1: exist yeah. outside the Skid Row. In fact, the Union Rescue Mission, which is the, the large family shelter down here that we'll be going to, they have a two-year transitional program that's up in Somar, which is the furthest uh, northeastern corner of L.A. County, and they have everything they need there as well, mm. and they get all the services there the issue I've seen with that is it's so far away and it's isolated so even if you're homeless you don't want to leave where all your family and friends are to go to this far-flung corner (laughs) of the county but at least if they do that they can go through the program they have everything they need and at the end of the tunnel there's a light (laughs) there's Mm -hmm. permanent housing hopefully that they'll move into Mm -hmm. yeah what do you think you want to yeah sure go for a walk Yeah. yeah So we'll pass a few of the missions. All of the missions originally were just for men. So there's Midnight Mission, Union Rescue Mission, LA mission, those are the three big ones. And they were just for single men initially. And then when we started to see families, that's when the Union Rescue Mission started to take in. Alright. And it was mostly women and children. is our our founder Agnes Mm -hmm. and she just um, she just passed away at the beginning of the year and so I had we're gonna walk by where our old learning center was and that's the one that she started and I had the day after her memorial service I put this up on the building like like a
0: small memory placket
1: yeah yeah And it stayed up for a long time, but I just noticed recently that it came down, so I want to hang another one up, if you don't mind. (laughs) We're going to walk right by it. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) So it's really... It's more intimidating than actually dangerous. We've never really had much of a problem with anyone. In fact, the community at large... Support really supports what we do and likes school on wheels. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, they usually people in the community don't appreciate being filmed. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that this is a little different, it should be okay. Yeah, but we'll see. Otherwise, I
0: just,
1: yeah, there's a chance people might say something. We're gonna go this way skid row used to go up past main street and now everything main street and on it's artists lofts and there's just streets and coffee shops and restaurants and bars and so
2: so the so the clash in between the two has has been clearer so to say. it's mm-hmm. more obvious now that the two worlds are colliding
1: exactly yeah So a lot of these buildings are what they call SROs, Single Room Occupancy. So it's housing for single individuals that's subsidized by the government. So it's basically, it's like dorm style living. Mm -hmm. They have their own room but they share bathrooms and the kitchens. are they also run by the, some any of the missions? They they're their own nonprofits. Okay. That's a Skid Row Housing Corporation, I believe. Is that one? So it, about seventy five percent, I think, of the rent is subsidized by the government. I don't know what's with this putting up new telephone poles or something. <laughs> I wasn't here yesterday. Heavy. So this is that's the Midnight Mission. There. It's the last year they celebrated their hundred-year anniversary. Never missed a day since 1914. Oh, yeah. They actually down here. It's um, single men. They serve single men. I believe they have a program for single women as well, but not families. But they do have another location. West in Inglewood, where they serve families. It's a hundred years,
2: it's a very long time yeah. for a place like this to just be, and it's non permanent in one way, and it's non permanent for like forever. Yeah. It's strange.
1: And it has, Skid Row in general has been pushed further okay. southeast. So the Midnight Mission used to be several blocks up, where it's now relatively, you know, it's gentrified, and they moved here. Union Rescue Mission as well used to be further north, northwest, I think. So where
2: will that end up, like, you know?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's been... as it did start to gentrify down here there was pushback from other neighborhoods because a lot of the homeless were being pushed further south and further east and so then it was really just moving the problem around not solving it so this guard is a big player down here they provide a lot of services so they have This is another SRO building, and they also have, you know, pretty much everything you can imagine, healthcare, um, job training, resume building, all of those things, case management. this coming up, that's the Union Rescue Mission, that's where all our families live down here.
3: Right on the street is what? <laughs> She's talking!
1: So during the school year, our learning center instructor picks up all the kids. The bus drops them off right here. She'll pick them up and take them down to our learning center.
2: They come. They come down
3: from from the regular school. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a big. And that could also be like everywhere. Or where do they go it, to the regular school? The kids.
1: It could be. I mean, a big thing is a big thing that we do is make sure that they know their rights because homeless students actually have more rights. They have a lot of, there's a law called the McKinney-Vento law that was passed to remove any barriers they had to an education. So they can stay in, they they can stay in the same school that they were in before they became homeless, or they can enroll in the local school. Most of our kids here enroll in the local schools. So they're coming from not, not too far away. Right. But we do have students that want to stay in the school that they were in before they became homeless. And oh, yeah, they have, sure, of course. They have the right to do that, and actually the school districts have to provide transportation for okay, that. that. was that was
3: named in my following question. Yeah. So it could be the case that you pick up kids that come... With different hey, school buses. How been?
1: Good, how are you? All right. um, the older kids kinda had to get here on their own because they take public transportation. Yeah. Uh, the younger kids there are you know yellow school buses that bring that. So this is our old Hello. This is our old learning center here. We actually used to have our offices right here, and this was the learning center for our students. I didn't know uh, they had security, I might have to ask them if I can do this. Can see our, our bumper sticker is still up there. Yeah. We moved in 2010.
0: I don't know. Okay, it's, it's been here for five years. Yeah, it's still there. i just the doctor to get here. she got to
3: right,
1: all go, right.
3: She had her picture uh, up
1: here yeah, so really right before. Yeah, she didn't tell
3: me. She actually wrote your house back. You want to
1: write me when she said that yeah. wasn't uh, really a really nice camera? Yeah, you put it. Just on the wall in between here. Yeah, I remember that picture. Is that okay? Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Alright, thank you. You can put another one right here if you want to. Uh, I'll, I'll have to bring another one down. This is the only one I brought right now. Okay. <laughs> thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> But I was telling you about those, those hotels, welfare hotels. Mm-hmm. One of them, you see that sign for the Rosalind mm-hmm. off in the distance? That was one of the really bad ones. And now those are artist lofts. So it's just all of those places became, a couple of them became mixed income housing, but most of them became lofts.
3: Yeah, ain't gonna be wet. What's up, guys? Hey, how you doing? Uh, hey, man, how you doing? Good, it's I been a while, you. yeah. Yes, how you doing? Long time good. no see, what y'all doing? Uh,
1: we're just, they're doing the podcast. So okay, long time no see, to glad to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you, how yes, you
3: been? Beautiful, sir, Beautiful. Yeah, yeah? Yeah, good. Tell my friend I said hello. Okay, well. Yes, sir, she the one helped Sugar Bear.
1: Sugar Bear, My, yeah, yeah, my, yeah.
3: my, 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 my child, she gave me $1,200. Yeah, uh, I will tell her. Hey,
1: um,
3: what's up? How you doing? This area, this corner. We look like the Beatles.
1: It's a podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you
1: were Beatles. saying this corner? When I start. In 2004, it was basically like an open drug market, and it's still—I mean, there's still. I also yeah, want to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still a lot of drugs being sold around. You, told me, you just, said
3: something about the corner there that. The... Ten
1: years ago, it was mm. pretty much like an open drug market. Oh really?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It used to be that police kind of just, you know, pushed everything in the skid row and turned the other way and let whatever happens happen. Um, when it did start to gentrify and developers started to develop down here that's when they started cracking down on the crime in Skid Row Mm. there's actually it's considered from what I've heard people I've talked to it's considered a neutral zone for gangs so that all the gangs could come here and sell drugs Mm. and they won't have any problems with each other okay but so, so so but the the drug traffic has moved
2: away in some ways then from here
1: it's still here uh-huh. it's just that they hide it a little bit more than they used to yeah it's definitely still here they did crack down oh man this is probably five or six years ago now they had what was called the safer city initiative where they cracked down on drugs here they um, assigned more police officers to skid row and they actually had injunctions on different gang members who were known to come down here and sell drugs. So that that kind of put it out of public view
2: more than before. You see a lot of, not a lot, but some housing here for, for like they're sort of addressing homeless people that are in programs, as you said. hmm I was wondering, because okay, they can get Perhaps I mean, if, if downtown changes, they can get try to get like the drugs and the people off the street that are living on the streets. And yeah. But these housings, will they go away as well? If they start, if I mean, if, because there are there are lots
1: that are I mean downtown. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they were pushed out of downtown as well. But there, you know, a lot of people are fighting against that too. Because this is a community and people do call this home. So people are fighting to keep these here and even create more affordable housing here for people who call downtown their home. Instead of getting pushed south to south LA, east LA,